You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. That always fascinated me because if he was asleep, if the word says he was asleep, then he was asleep. Now that may sound like an obvious statement, but remember the word is the truth. God, when he says something, says it for purpose. There's always reason. God doesn't speak in euphemisms. He may speak in parables. He may cross-reference. But if he says Jesus was asleep, that wasn't kind of, you know, he was was acting. If he was asleep, he was asleep. Now, why am I stressing this? Because I don't know about you, but I've been on a boat in rough seas. Uh, For our 10th anniversary, I always heard that you know, I've been one of our dreams and desires was to go on a, on a boat cruise. How many of you wouldn't mind going on a, on a boat cruise? And so for our 10th anniversary, 10th is a significant anniversary. That's so why I saved up and made sure that I, I want to take my wife on a boat cruise. And so we saved up and I did my research and you know, we didn't, at that time, you know, we, we, we're, we're trusting God for increase and multiplication, but you know, you also have a budget that you have to still be able to pay the stuff back home. So based on our savings, we thought, well, okay, we're going to catch a cruise from Durban. They had a, a, a boat and that takes you from Durban, goes up to Bazaruto. So it's like a day or two there and then you stay there for a day and then you come back for a day or two. And so we saved up and we got ready to go and we flew up to Durban and got on the boat. We're so looking forward to this. And we took off and it was late in the afternoon and so we went down for supper and everything and then came back. And we went to bed that night and I tell you, let me just say this. If, if anybody's, how have you been on that Indian Ocean cruise? I think you'll back me up. That's not where you want to go on a cruise. Because there are cruises and there are cruises. This was, we were sleeping on the bed and it was like, you know, we were on a double bed, but one moment we were both on this side and then the next moment we were both on that side and the next moment we were both on this side When we went to dinner, we were literally walking down the passage like wall to wall, you know, 
catch a wall and go back onto the other wall and catch the other wall. And so by the time we got to the dinner, Janine was already, she was gone. I mean, green, even the waiter walked up and said, you are not eating tonight. I'll go grate an apple for you. Because I tell you, it was, it was horrendous. But what I'm saying is that you did not sleep that night. We were rolling here and rolling there and rolling this way and rolling that way. So when we eventually arrived there, then the, do- the boat docked out in the water and then they put us on these little dinghy boats and took us to the island for a nice little brown island. Oh, that was nice. It was, you know, like, <sighs> get your air back. And then we went back on the boat and we were headed back home. But now we were going the opposite direction and the whole wave system was different. Now we were lying, you would lie on your pillow and you'd feel the boat go up and down and up and down. And that night you weren't sleeping either. And we got back and I said, we thought, cruising is way overrated. So I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this because of what I'm going to teach now. But just to give you a heads up is then as life went on, we increased and we multiplied and we were blessed and we managed to do a Caribbean cruise. Now, let me tell you, that's a whole different story. That is stable and nice and quiet and you can enjoy it. So just for anyone that's still hoping to go, there is a hope, but please hear me. You may think twice about doing it local. But the point I'm making is, even if I wanted to sleep, I wasn't gonna sleep. The waves were ridiculous. And here we see Jesus and the Bible says there's a mighty storm. It's not even waves, it is a storm. And he is asleep. He's not even acting asleep. He is asleep. Now, how is that possible? Given what I've just told you about trying to sleep on a water that's got waves in it. Well, look at verse 35. On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said, what did he say? What did Jesus say? That settled it. He said, let us cross over to the other side. Remember, we're talking about the fourth dimension. If you're thinking three dimensionally and you say, let's go to the other side, that's from here to there. And then a storm comes, that puts another thing in the equation that you didn't expect to see there. But when someone's thinking in the fourth dimension, he said, let us cross over to the other side. He doesn't care how we get there. I said it, as far as I'm concerned, we're already on the other side. How do I know this? Because Jesus didn't even need a boat to get to the other side. One day he said, I'm still praying, you boys go ahead. 
And they went on the boat. And when he was done praying, he didn't say, well, let me also get a boat. He walked out. <laughs> he, he walked on the water to them. So what are we saying? He said, let us cross over to the other side. And the moment he had spoken, he entered into a rest that it didn't matter what happened from that moment on. He put his head down and he went to sleep. Wake me when we're on the other side. And he was so chilled that he slept thoroughly that even when the storm arose, subconsciously he knew he didn't have to wake up because I've spoken. If I said we're going to the other side, my next conscious moment is we will be on the other side. Can you see that? So now the storm has risen. He is sleeping. Verse 38. Verse 30. Yes. So now it's filling with water in verse 37. Verse 38, he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. They awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? See, that's a three-dimensional question. I know you may never have done it, but I do know when I first got saved, uh, we heard about the Word and trusting the Word, walking in faith, speaking the Word, believing God. If we buy stripes, we were healed. Generally, when I grew up as a young man, I didn't have any much serious sickness. It was only one situation. I don't have time to get into that now. But generally, I was a very healthy person. I'd get over sicknesses very quickly if I caught a little thing, you know, everybody else came down and I was over in a moment. But then when we first got saved and I heard Pastor Theo teaching on how to stand in faith for your healing, I studied it out and trust God. How many you know when you get a new toy, you want to try it out? So the same way when the first little niggle came along, I thought, praise God, here it is. I can now use the Word. And I got out my healing scriptures and I stood in faith and spoke the Word. The very first <laughs> day, after I spoke those words, I got more sick than I've ever been sick in my life. You go, me as unsaved person, generally was healthy, saved Christian, now I speak the Word, I get more sick than even before. Now how do you know the Word says, Satan comes immediately to steal that Word. But when you're a young Christian, maybe you don't understand those things. And so I took out the scriptures. I said, and I went the next day. I thought, now I'm feeling even worse. And it got by the third day, I could hardly speak. I was like trying to, <laughs> Jesus, I got, the, got the word and I'm trying to speak the scriptures. And I was coughing and spluttering. Next moment, I just, it just came out of me. I hit the Bible and I looked up and said, God, you said... <laughs> You say <laughs> Now, no, you've never done that. But, you, but you, you see, this is what they're doing. Don't you care? I'm doing what I was told to do and I'm worse than I was before. Come on, how do you know what I'm talking about? 
The first time you bring your tithe in, then the water heater and the car and the, and the, and the brakes and, this, and then you've got to pay this and this and then the lawyer phones and the... How many of you know what I'm talking about? You lay hands on the sick and he dies. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it, it wasn't... How many of you understand? Satan comes immediately to steal that word. I don't want to make light of that, 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 but I'm just saying the first three people I prayed for did die. And I, I had to check my heart on the issue. Do I stop praying for people? You, will you pray for me? Are you sure you want me to pray? <laughs> you got to get over these things because you realize there is a devil. And so when I said, God, you said, and I've got this anger in me, it's like the heavens went quiet. Come on, how many of you were, were raised by strict parents, you know, the, the days when they used to make sure you were correctly disciplined and when mom would say, just wait till dad gets home. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So th those moments, and you know that you can be shouted at, you can even get a hiding, whatever, but if it goes quiet in the house, you get that look like nothing was said, you know, you crossed the line you shouldn't have crossed. How I mean, you know what I'm talking about? And that's what happened. As I said, you said it when. That moment I realized I'd gone one step too far. And I just went quiet. I said, sir, I apologize. And that was the day I made a decision. You are never wrong. I'm missing something. Your word is yes and amen. All your promises. You watch over your word to perform it. You said you sent your word to accomplish what you please. It will not return to you void. You said whatever I ask for when I pray, believe I receive it, I will have it. You said the Father would give it to me that my joy may be full. You said whatever I ask in your name, you would do it that the Father would be glorified. You never wrong. Teach me. And I listened for his voice. And he revealed something in me that I'd never seen in terms of the context of healing. He gave me a scripture. And I've said many, many times before when I've taught this, is I won't even give that scripture to anybody. They say, I'm trusting God for healing. I won't give you that scripture and tell you what it is because then that becomes the new tick box that you have to tick off. But God just adjusted one area of my life in another area. And the moment I adjusted that, my healing manifested. Within 24 hours, I was totally restored. Be very cautious with, don't you care that we're perishing? Where are you, God? How many times have you said that? Whereas I know I have in the beginning, that was basically what I was saying. I'm calling you a scripture, where are you? Did God not say, I will never leave you and never forsake you? How many believe that's in the Word? 
then never again can I say, God, where are you? Like sometimes people say, well, no is also an answer. No, the Word says all His promises are yes and amen. But also you reap in due season. There's a due season. Maybe there's something that you need to develop in. Maybe you still need to mature before you can handle that. Alternatively, there's someone else that needs to mature that's part of your solution. So you're waiting on them. Well, can hurry up, please. Thank you very much. No, you need to trust God. Trust God. Then also, the answer may be, I've got something better for you. If you keep pushing something, God will ultimately let you have it. But He may have something better for you. How many times have I stood in faith for something and then when something manifested, it wasn't in line with what I was asking or what I was thinking. But when I look at it, I go, that's, that's, the, that's the right answer. So it may look like the prayer wasn't answered, but it was in a better way. The point is, every prayer is always answered. So I'm coming back to it again. Be very, very cautious with this, don't you care? Because He does. He wants you to have the best. And so Jesus responds and He gets up. Verse 39, notice He didn't even answer them at that moment. He rose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But <laughs> He's not finished. That wasn't the way he wanted it. Remember, but always changes what's happening. But he said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Family, based on that, he fully intended for them to have done what he just did. I could almost imagine he was asleep Maybe he felt the first jolt, but he went back to sleep. He's told the disciples, we're going to the other side. They'll handle it. Family of God, know this. When you are going through a situation, it may be that you feel your faith's not strong enough. There's nothing wrong. The Word of God, in fact, says that those that are sick, let them call for the elders and they will anoint you and the prayer of faith will heal you. So there are times that we need to come into agreement where any two agree touching anything, it will be done for them. That is available. But you can also know you do not always need the pastor to be praying for you. I pray for you every day, but I'm saying for a specific situation, if anything's happening in that moment, you can stand up and with the same confidence and the same faith, speak. Jesus fully intended His disciples to do that. And so when they woke Him, you must see He is at a place of complete rest because He believed if He said something, it's done. Can you get that? So I asked last week, where did Jesus even get the idea that he could speak to the storm? 
You think he was just making things up as he went along because he's Jesus and he can do ever what he wants to do? No, remember, he said things like, I don't do anything unless I've seen my father do it. I don't say anything unless I've heard my father say it. So if Jesus is speaking, you know the father's in agreement with it. And so if we look in the Word, you'll find in Psalm chapter 89, verse 9. The Word of God says, You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. When the waves rise, you still them. When the waves rise, you still them. That's David writing about God, the Father. So David heard in his spirit that God controls the seas by speaking. You rule the raging sea when its waves rise, you still him. God has control over the waves. Now the word tells us when Jesus was born, that he was born into the earth as a man, in the likeness of man, he emptied himself of his glory. Here's the word, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the Word was God. John chapter one, verse one. God, Jesus is always God. You can never stop being God. But when He was put into the flesh, He came as a man, as the last Adam. So where did His power come from? When He was baptized, He came up out of the river. The Holy Spirit came upon Him. And in that moment of the Holy Spirit coming upon Him, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good, healing all who were sick and oppressed the devil for God was with him. So by the anointing of God, he did what he did. But remember this, when he was born as a baby, he did not know, I mean, you think about it. When he's lying there in the crib, do you really think, you know, he's just in this baby's body, he's just gonna wait for his body to grow up. And he's lying in that crib talking to the angels, you know, just, you know, having discussions because this is the only people I can really talk to now because, you know, the adults might get a little freaked out if I spoke to them. And the next moment, the angel's like, chips, chips, here comes Mary. Quickly, they disappear and he goes quiet. He's just got to, you know, wait until I'm bigger than, no, that's not what happened. Jesus was much a baby as you were. Come on. He did everything babies do. Mom had to burp him. Mom had to change him. Come on. Are you with me? He, so what happened? As he grew, the Word of God says he grew in wisdom and stature. Stature means he physically grew up, but he also grew in wisdom. Why? Because he was always studying. When he got lost, remember the eight? He didn't get lost. The parents lost him. Age 12, they, they like a few days journey. Where's Jesus? Oh, never one. No, our mother does that, you know. It's like, suppose they had such a tight community, someone's got him. And then eventually they figure out, hang on, he's not with anybody. They went back. Where did they find him? In the temple. And mom was upset. Doc, Jesus, where were you? And he goes, where did you expect to find me? 12 years old, studying the word with the ram, asking questions. They were amazed at how much this man was growing this young man, and so he grew in wisdom. So you know everything he eventually, that's why he would say, it is written, it is written, 
It is written. Why? Because he had studied that out. He got that Word of God so deep into his heart that when he saw something, he would have somewhere along the line read the Scripture. He would have read the Scripture and go, look at that. My Father controls the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. So next moment, he's in the, in the sea. He's sleeping. They wake him up. Water's coming in. They're in a storm. He doesn't go, what are we going to do yeah, Oh dear, I said go to the other side, but we need to start bailing this water. If we're gonna... No, he just stood up and said, I have a Scripture. It is written. And he took what the Word said and he spoke it. Now I want you to see here in Psalm 89 verse 9, it did not say that when Jesus comes, He will use the Scripture. What am I saying? Because very often people will try and talk you out of a promise by saying, are you sure that was written to you? That was spoken to David or that was for Israel. How many of you had that kind of thing said to you before? No, all His promises are yes and amen. And Jesus said, whatever I see the Father do, I can do. Whatever my Father says, I say. And then He said, whatever you see me do, you will do the same works and greater. So look at that succession. If Jesus does everything He does is because the Father's already done it, He took it for granted. If the Father's done it, I can do it. And He proved it, yeah. By speaking, that waves, those waves listened to Him. And then he said, by the same token, you can do exactly what I did and greater works. And this isn't something new to Jesus. You have a look at Joshua chapter one. We had a look at this in detail, but remember verse eight, after Moses had passed away and God spoke to Joshua and said, you are taking the children into the promised land. You can imagine how nervous he must have been considering that he's following such a great man like Moses. But God gave him instruction, but be of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. How's that possible when we're walking into a country, into a place where there are giants, people fighting? God gave them the land. And he says in verse eight, God tells him, this book of the law, the Word of God, shall not depart from your mouth, you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to how much? How much? All that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Family, how many you got the idea God wants you to succeed? God's not setting you up for failure. I said, God's not setting you up for failure. He wants you to succeed and not only does that, he says, you will make your way prosperous. You will make your way prosperous. You will make your way. So you're one of those prosperity speakers. Well, what do you want me to be, a poverty speaker? God wants you prosperous. Not everybody has to be a multi-billionaire. That's where people miss it. What is prosperity? It's not the five cars. You can only drive one at a time. Isn't that right? What is prosperity? 
It's when you have full provision for whatever God calls you to do without hesitation. I don't have to check the bank account. If God says do something, I don't have to check, do I have enough staff? God says, go for it. You say, yes, I'm ready. Because if you said go, I'm going. If you say step out the boat, I'm walking. If, if, if you're walking on water, I can walk on water. And I don't care what waves and storm come along, I'm going to keep walking. Why? Because that's what He's called me to do for that moment. He said, come. That means I'm capable. Not by my own ability. That's where fourth dimension has to come in. Think about that float. It didn't say Jesus floated over the water. He's walking on the water. Come on. Get back to what the Word says. Let's say He was floating. He was walking. What's walk mean? That's what the water felt like. But I guarantee you, if... If, he, if he's walking on water, say his foot goes there and he lifts his foot, you feel there it's still water. That means everywhere his foot landed, there was a molecular adjustment. See, this is fourth dimension at work. You getting this? And then the moment he left, it goes back to being water. This is happening in the moment. Jesus didn't say, be, be solid. Be solid. Be solid. No. He made a decision. I'm walking. The fourth dimension will make sure that I'm capable of this. The point I'm making is when you hear from God and you have an instruction, you can move on it and you know by the time you get there, you will have everything you need to fulfill it. Fully provided for And yeah, he's telling Joshua, the way you get to that, wherever you go, when you do something, it succeeds. When you put your hand to it, it prospers. Whatever you do will work. How does that happen? When you take the Word and you get it on the inside of you, on the inside of you, on the inside of you. You got to take what he said. Don't go based on what some preacher said. Well, Pastor Allen did it once, so I'm going to do it now. Don't go based on what someone else has done. Go on the Word of God that you've heard, you received. I give you testimonies to give you encouragement that the Word works. But don't build your faith on my testimony. You build a faith on your Word that you receive from God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, not by the word of Pastor Allen, by the word of God. And so take that word. You need to see it long before it manifests. Remember, they were about to take Jericho. Joshua chapter 6, verse 2. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. See. You say, I'm telling you, I want you to see Ahead of time, I've already given you that Jericho. So Joshua had to see it inside of him. How did he do that? He meditated. He meditated. He meditated. What's meditate mean? Sit with your legs crossed and go, no. That that is a, a counterfeit. Meditation is not emptying your mind. Meditation is filling your heart with the Word. 
It's taking the word. Get aside, be somewhere still, be somewhere where you're not interrupted, but take that word and speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it. How many of you have ever said, I wish I didn't doubt ever? Let me see, how many of you wish you couldn't? That, that's easy to solve, that's easy to solve. Remember, Satan works in the realm of thought. Take every thought captive to the submission of Jesus Christ. How do you take thoughts captive? How do you stop thinking? Don't think about the black cat. Ignore the black cat. You know the black cat tail, black cat, don't, don't, don't have it. I don't want a picture of a cat in your head. Get the black cat out of your thinking. Get rid of the black cat thinking. You don't see a black cat, do you? You don't see the black cat. Now you see someone says, well, if you'd be quiet for a moment, maybe I could. <laughs> see, as long as I'm saying black cat, you keep seeing it. You keep seeing it. See, I, I'm the one putting the thoughts in you. The only way to stop that thinking is to get rid of the thought. Yes. Have you ever said this? I'm a Christian. I wish I didn't think like that. Yeah. Well, that's, you must understand. You don't want to think that. That's why you're feeling guilty about it. So did you come up with a thought? No. The enemy is putting that thought in you. So how do we combat that? Now, I've done this many times with many of you that are here, but for those that haven't heard it before, we're all gonna work together because we need to learn these things. I'm gonna ask you, in your mind, you're gonna think thoughts. The easiest way is if when I say go, you're gonna count from one to 10 thinking it. You understand what I mean? One, two, three, but don't use your mouth. In your head. While you're doing that, I'm gonna give you an instruction and you need to obey it immediately. Say, yes, Pastor Alan. Yes, Pastor Alan. Okay. Campuses, you ready as well? Did you hear them? Yeah. Okay, ready? Count. Now shout out, I love Jesus. Now let me ask you, how many, what, what happened? When, as you said, I love Jesus. You had to stop. I said, you had to stop. But you notice it only worked for those that shouted, I love Jesus. Some people just went, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's the problem. That you, now, but you don't feel guilty or anything. I'm not criticizing you. I'm just saying, that's what we sometimes do. We hear the devil, we know what we should say, but do we say it? Do we speak? But you notice the moment you spoke, you had to stop thinking. God has designed you. He has set your, the way He made you spiritually. Your spirit man has been designed that when you speak, it'll stop everything it's doing to hear what you got to say. It'll take whatever's given to it. Remember, it's soil. Your spirit man is soil. And whatever seed goes in, it'll grow. Have you noticed that when you plant the wrong seed, like in South Africa, when it's illegal to plant, you know, dacha seed, marijuana, and the police show up and say, what's that in your backyard? And you say, well, I'm believing for tomatoes. 
And the police said, come on, you know what that is? He said, well, you know, I thought it was tomato seed. I believe for tomato and I planted it, believe me. But you notice how the soil didn't say, I'm South African soil, it's illegal. If you put the seed in, the soil will work on it. And seeds start in us as thoughts. And Jesus said, why do you take thought saying? It's not the thought that's the problem. It's when you speak in line with the thought that that seed goes into your heart. So you get the wrong thought. Your spirit will start to work on it and say, maybe that's supposed to be in my life because you let that in and you didn't say anything. So maybe it's what you want. And so the soil begins to work on it. What we need to do the moment the wrong thought comes in is immediately what is written what does the Word say on that issue? That's why it's important to study, not so that you can answer every critic out there. We're not supposed to be arguing doctrine. The reason you study is so that when something shows up, you know what God said on this. And He said it knowing you would be attacked. God knew there would be a storm one day and Jesus would be in the boat and He put a word in His Scriptures long before so that Jesus was prepped with it. So the circumstance shows up, you immediately say, it is written. What happens? You silence that thought. You silence the thought and you speak what God says. That word goes into your heart. And the more you meditate it, the more time you spend with it. That's what Janine and I did when we were trusting God to fall pregnant. We would take the Scriptures every day, no matter what came our way. I mean, if you are at the age of having children, you notice all your friends generally are doing the same thing. And every time someone came up, praise God, we pregnant. It's like, yes, okay, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> now, that's where you can turn around and say, God, don't you care? But we stayed with the Word. We stayed with the Word. We stayed with the Word. People were falling pregnant. There was, that, 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 someone felt pregnant, they weren't even married. It's like you go, but Lord, they're not even legal. <laughs> you know, you, you want to, but we're, yeah, we are. But we take, took that word every day. Every morning I would wake up, get the Scriptures out, speak them, declare God's healing over my body. When doctors looked at me and said, it's, 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 it's not happening, you might as well get a donor, I could confidently say, it's, it's written, we, have, we are pregnant. And he, you know, he says, well, I don't want you to get your hopes up. Well, you're too late because faith is the substance of things hope for. My hope's already way beyond that. It's now in the arena of faith that says it's already done. And no matter what storms are happening, you're at rest. And if Jesus is at rest that He is sleeping, how many realize when He's sleeping, He doesn't even have time to cry? 
Why am I saying that? Because I want you to get your faith to a place that when someone talks to you about the situation, even if someone doesn't understand what you're going through and they say, well, maybe it's not whatever, and then all of a sudden the tears show up. God, where are you? No, 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 no. Get back to meditation. Get back to meditation. Meditate, meditate, meditate. Speak the Word. Father, You said, I'm praising You. I give You glory. Your Word says, because once you get to a place of confidence, you're not going to cry. If you're healed, why are you crying? If you got the baby, why are you crying? If you, if you, are you getting this? The only time you want to cry is tears of joy. Amen. When you're rejoicing. But praise God. The point I'm making today is when you take that word, meditate it, get it down on the inside of you. So that when God says, see. I've given you. You need to see it inside of you. Amen. 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 See that promise fulfilled. See that problem solved. See that marriage whole and good relationship. See that lost child coming back home. See that person in substance abuse freed. See it, see it, see it. See it on the inside of you. Meditate it. See that, that ministry God's called you to. See it manifesting. Amen. See it. Amen. Because when you can see it, then God can cause that word that, that you're speaking now. That's when you enter into that realm of the fourth dimension. And you can go to sleep at night and you lie down and you just say, Lord, you give your beloved sleep. And your word declares it's a sweet sleep. And so I roll all that care onto you. And you close your eyes and you sleep. And you wake knowing God's got this. Let us go to the other side. Come on, give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. Raise your hand to the Lord and say, Father, thank you for your word. Your word brings faith to my heart. And I am a believer, not a doubter. As a hearer of your word, I'm also a doer. And I know you've got great and wonderful plans for me. And no matter what the enemy does, to try and steal that word. I know you do care. You said it. You sent your word for it. You gave it to me. That if I would take your word and meditate it day and night. And I do the way you instructed me to do it. I will make my way prosperous. And I will have good success. Because you back up every word that you have given and I receive it. I believe it. And as a doer of your word, I apply my faith and I rest knowing it is the truth. And when any doubt arises, any worry or concern, I'll immediately begin to confess your word, rejoice in your presence, speak what you said 
And that will eliminate that doubt. And I choose to believe. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God.